0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Casual Heresy Podcast. I'm Michael, and this is Spencer here joining me.
1: Hello there.
0: Spencer, do you want to open us up in a prayer?
1: Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Guide our conversation. Lord, we thank you for the gift of our friendship, thank you for the gift that every listener brings to you on this earth, Lord. We thank you for this day that you have given us, the beautiful weather, beautiful friendships that come from this podcast and outside of this podcast. We ask that you be here with us and that we keep you at the center of our hearts. We pray this all through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: All right. Thank you. So, I kind of wanted to talk about, do just kind of a follow-up of what we did last time. because That
1: was like four months ago? It was like,
0: <laughs> Yes. We recorded that episode like four months ago. And since then, um, there's been some some movement, if you will, on the Latin Mass, traditional Latin Mass front in the Catholic Church.
1: Yeah. Pope Francis says, undid Pope Benedict's, uh, how do you describe it?
0: Um... I was doing some research on this because I wasn't quite sure what it was either. I've heard a lot of people complaining about it, but I haven't heard anything actually looking at it. So I found a EWTN official translation of Pope Francis's own words. Sweet. Which, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, you'd think that that would be pretty accurate. And through, I I haven't read it, read it. I've skimmed it. And through skimming it here, it says, Article 2, it belongs to the diocesan bishop as moderator, promoter, and guardian of the whole liturgical life of the particular church entrusted to him to regulate the liturgical celebrations of his diocese. Therefore, it is his executive competence to authorize the use of the 1962 Roman Missal in his diocese according to the guidelines of the Apostolic See. So, basically, it's up to your local bishop. That's what I got out of that. Like,
1: Yeah, which I sort of always thought it was.
0: Yeah, I pretty much thought it was, too. Like, <laughs> I didn't think there were just people running around doing that willy-nilly without asking their bishop first. Maybe yeah. there were. Well, we know there were. That's how we get heretical schisms and things yeah. like that.
1: Disobedience.
0: <laughs> exactly. But... The first thing I want to talk about is that that mass we went to last week. And that deacon gave that baller hominy, homily. Yeah, that that was, was
1: that was prestigious. That was much needed. I think we both talked about it. Much needed for both of our hearts, both of our minds.
0: It was like exactly what I needed to hear at Same. that specific time.
1: There's just so much tug and pull and push from both ends Mm -hmm. and he just brought it straight up to the truth and he kind of
0: talked about this a little bit he said um he said that i think correct me if i'm wrong he kind of said like he's seen a lot of people are frustrated but then he saw someone online saying that pope francis is the devil for doing this
1: yeah a catholic so yeah so through my experience on the internet you know i post social media on life cheers yeah there's plenty of people that would comment if they like have your video or post on their feed just they may not even believe or they may be a protestant and they'll say that we're a demonic cult or something like that we worship demons And they call priests demons when I post things about, like, priests giving a great talk and stuff like that. So there's clearly a divide. Well, we already know from the Reformation that there's a divide. But the deacon during his homily was talking about, like, yeah, we see that as a problem. That's obvious. There's healing to be had in that. But there's also common ground that we can get on with that. But... We can't really do that until we are one within the church, which we're not. The One side hates the other side's guts, and the other side hates the other side's guts. So to call each other the same things that Protestants, the outside people, are calling us does not bring us unity at all. And how can you—first off, he said— Like you need to get to know somebody before you can judge their actions and you have to understand their situation, where they're coming from, their experience and what they've lived through. And then slowly guide them and open, hopefully by God's grace, they'll open up to the truth. We don't just shove it out there. It's so easy, like especially for me. Like I I know I love to be blunt about things. It's easy to say the truth, but it's very hard to be charitable and compassionate towards others about it when talking about it.
0: Yeah. And like I remember he said, the Pope is still the Pope, right? Yep. He's still the Pope. He might m- do things that we don't all like. In fact, he's probably going to. We're human beings. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. But he's still the Pope. And if you're a Catholic and you're going to call yourself a Catholic and then turn around and call the pope a devil there's something broken there
1: really broken yeah
0: but I was so it's interesting cuz I was talking to I was talking to Alex the other day about why do you think Pope Francis decided to do this why do you think he did this now I kind of feel like he was trying he's trying to lead us away from holding on to a past that we supposedly walked away from eighty years ago already.
1: Even though we didn't walk away from it exactly. And that's his yeah. That's where it gets tricky because there's like
0: there's like a whole generation of people who grew up now going to the traditional Latin mass. And I get it. Like he's trying to say, like we should go do what Vatican II meant, you know. And maybe by that, hopefully, by that, he means like really, really reverent, really, really orthodox. Hope maybe in Latin, Novus Ordo Mass, right? Even maybe though, that's what maybe that's what Pope Francis means.
1: Maybe that's what he means. <laughs> I don't see that anywhere in our area. On this mm. side of the world, at least.
0: No, unfortunately not.
1: And unfortunately, he's just. God bless the uh, Holy Father, but he's just too far left f- for where we want, right? Like what the what the church needs right now. Because, let's be honest, this is a little off topic, but if Pope Francis was really serious about fixating the church. Why is Father James Martin still out there? (laughs) And
0: there is your dagger. (laughs) Or orthodoxy, for example. Why aren't we working on healing the great schism? You know? Mm -hmm. Why are we just... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not the pope.
1: (laughs) It's like... Yep. I want to say it's not that hard of a fix. It obviously is. But it's not that much to fix.
0: Yeah, I think I think I, it's the reason it's a lot now at this point is because it's been a thousand years. Yeah. You know, and like, it wasn't that much to begin with, but now we have a thousand years of, like, historical bitterness built up that we're, mm-hmm. like...
1: Misunderstanding and
0: everything. Like, mm, go away, you salty Greeks, you know? like. Yep. But no, I think we both know people who are going to be, like, devastated by, by this... And like I said in the last podcast, like I love Latin mass. Yes, I grew same. up going to Latin mass. Like I did not. <laughs> but the mass is the mass no matter what language it's in. I was about to say or how you say it, but that's not true because if you have a priest who's saying the mass but he's like changing things left and right then
1: casual heresy. Yeah,
0: that ain't the mass anymore. <laughs> formal heresy
1: (laughs) (laughs) like the more i go to no Sordo, no offense the more i'm hyped to just go to latin mass the rest of my life it's like there's something about it especially the community the congregation it's like oh i'm not going to be hearing people talk when i'm trying to pray after mass or before mass
0: That would just be nice in general. Yeah. Like sometimes, sometimes you're at a Novus Ordo Mass. You just want to stand up and say, "Shut up, all of you!" But you can't say that because there's like Mm -hmm. a family behind you, and that would be really rude. And they'd be like,
1: "Oh my gosh, you've scandalized my children." Is it bad that I usually at the end of Novus Ordo Mass, I on Sundays I'm expecting. Like people just start clapping all the time now. Oh my
0: gosh, yes, I know exactly what you mean.
1: Like I automatically expect them to. and I, I, I haven't been to that many masses where they do, but I've been to enough where I'm just, that's my...
0: <laughs> I keep expecting them to at the parish that we go to now, but...
1: Yeah, it seems a little...
0: Like I keep thinking they're going to clap, but they don't. Same. <laughs> they don't. I'm like, oh, I'm impressed. Good job, guys.
1: Mm-hmm. We can still go there.
0: <laughs> My favorite thing about that parish is that they still use the Mass of Creation which is the the mass setting that people used for everything for like 20 years. It's the one that we all grew up with, you know. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The yeah. I'm trying to think of Glory to God in the highest, you know, that one. Mm-hmm. Yep, they still use that. So for me it's like a like a
1: nostalgia
0: nostalgia time machine thing cuz they're up there doing the massive creation and I'm like wow I'm I'm 10 years old again
1: yep I'm that same way yep I remember it that's why it was that's why it sounded familiar but different because I have such a different mindset
0: <laughs> yep exactly cuz I remember the first time I took you there I was like are you ready for a trippy experience and you were like what do you mean and then after Mass, I was like, was that bizarrely nostalgic enough for you? And you were like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Prepare to be transported to the mid-2000s.
1: in you know.
0: Honestly, I'd be okay with that, though. Because then Benedict would be our Pope still.
1: Amen. <laughs> There's probably some people out there that actually think he is still our Pope. Right. Which it's just not a it's not, not the ideal situation but it's
0: that's like for me that's something that doesn't even i'm i'm gonna i intentionally try to not think about that yeah i was like i'm like that's a rabbit hole and i objectively know the answer pope francis is the pope that's easy mm-hmm. but i understand where people get lost in a rabbit hole and they're like oh is benedict the pope no no no
1: he's still alive you know the pope till you're dead no
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's the thing, too. He's still alive, and Pope Francis had the audacity to still do this. That's what sort of shocked me, too.
0: He's, like, not doing... I don't think he's got much left on this world.
1: Of this world? Yeah. Who? Uh, Benedict. Oh, like, he's... You see pictures the, of him, and he's, like... He's just not looking great he's like skin
0: and bones his brother just died it's just Mm
1: -hmm. yeah it's I think it's been a few months now since I've seen a photo of him but yeah he wasn't looking great
0: he's in his 90s now right
1: he's gotta be yeah he has to be probably early mid 90s my guess what's your guess
0: I'm going to guess 93. 93? That was my guess.
1: That was going to be my guess, but he's 94. (laughs) 1927. I believe that is one year before sliced bread. Oh.
0: Pope Benedict is older than sliced bread. How about that? Crazy. Think about all the things that man lived through. I mean, he's from Germany. And he was born in nineteen twenty seven
1: so yeah, I mean, the great Depression over here in yonder,
0: Nazis over there, <laughs> gosh, think about that there there was a future pope living in Nazi Germany,
1: mm-hmm, probably a few. Well, living through that. Living time, through that, not not, not not all directly in. Directly
0: in there, don't worry. Yeah, Pope Paul the Sixth was just like vibing in Leipzig or something like that.
1: Don't <laughs> worry, Adolf Hitler was not a pope.
0: No, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think that's a heresy. I think that's just straight up bad history. Like, <laughs> if you're asking yourself if Adolf Hitler was a pope. I'm going to recommend a psychiatrist for you. (laughs) For you
1: lunatic. It's okay. Love is love.
0: (laughs) I'm too tired, I don't get it.
1: Love is love, Michael. Love is love.
0: Love is love.
1: No, it's just I said that because people think, "Oh, well, as long as they're happy, then it's okay." But that's not true. That's not true. You can fake be you can be fake happy but really not have joy. You can also be happy
0: and actively be damning yourself to hell. Amen. Mike.
1: Or I mean, uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm still curious about this. I always think about this, and I really want to ask a, a priest or an apologist this, Catholic apologist. What does it mean, what must you believe in order to be a Christian? Ooh. Because... All Christians for the first 1,500 years believed in the Eucharist. Like, that was one of the things. Like, if you didn't believe in the Eucharist, then you weren't Christian. And now, apparently, you don't even have to believe in the Trinity and you can self-identify as Christian. You can just believe in Jesus, the Son, the second of the trinity and consider yourself christian my my thing is here's my thing truth is truth and it doesn't change so how can you claim to be a christian when the original christians believe the opposite or believe something more than what you believe
0: and still actively exists somewhere
1: yeah well it's like we've started it started separating mainly from Luther and then it just keeps getting further and further very fast and significantly
0: I would say I'm pretty sure um the church's official position is that you're a Christian if you're baptized in the form of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Or the yeah. Holy Ghost, I think.
1: So you would be Christian through baptism, but would you be Christian? Well, I guess that means you believe in the Holy Trinity, so that's yeah. all it takes is what the church says. To be Christian,
0: yeah, I think so. I mean, because any, anything. Then it, well, okay, you're right. For 1,500 years, the term Christian and the term Catholic were synonymous. Mm-hmm. So
1: the the church was just the were they were all just Christian. Yeah, we have. They didn't need to be called Catholic because they, they were, were Christian. The yeah, yeah.
0: And now we have this nebulous group around the church that's not in union with the church. Of various other kinds of people that are Christian, but not... More in name than in belief.
1: Well, some That's of what I them.
0: I mean, yeah, but...
1: Not saying they don't love Christ and stuff like that, but... C- it's to an extent where there's so many people that are Christian out there that are just comfortable. And they just interpret scripture themselves... Yep. And they they're not digging deep, getting uncomfortable and being open and searching for the truth. What is the truth? Like that's what if you're not searching for the truth, then how can you claim to have the truth? You know?
0: Relativism.
1: Dude.
0: I mean, the yeah. like That's when you get protestants that will like go to other protestant services instead of their own and like interdenominational and that kind of stuff Hmm. because either the differences aren't that important or they never actually mattered to you in the first place you know yeah so it's like
1: then there's non-denominational Christians.
0: I heard it once said that it's not actually correct to call a Protestant church a Protestant church. Because to be a church, it needs to be in union with the Catholic church.
1: So it'd be a... A Protestant comm a
0: community, a Protestant well, community, the community, the community. The yeah, yeah. I don't know. The building is a church, I guess, but like the or a chapel. But the
1: service building. Yeah,
0: service building. It's like a sewer station. But it, no, a, a Protestant community because they don't have the the graces of the church and they're not in union with the church, so they're not a church. But like the the Eastern rites. And the Extraordinary Right, those are churches within the Catholic Church.
1: Mm-hmm. Hm.
0: So it's kind of like that idea, like, if, you, if you're baptized Catholic, right? Yep. And you're confirmed. And then you leave the church, you walk away, you never nice. do anything. True or false, you are a Christian.
1: See, I want to say yes, but, like, me, myself, if you ask me if that person's Christian, I'd be like, because, like, like, yes, but no. Like, you, you.
0: Yeah. Because, like, what
1: the- would Christ say? Because he says if you, something along the lines of, like, if you lost faith in me, you never had it. Something along those lines. Mm. You, like, once you have faith in Christ, you can't lose it. So, like, if you seem to have lost it then you really never had it.
0: But that's getting close to predestination. But here's here's the thing, is the church says that both baptism and confirmation leave an indelible mark on your soul, right? Mm-hmm. So you can't remove it.
1: So you are technically still...
0: You're a Catholic.
1: Catholic but...
0: Even in hell, you're a Catholic. You are marked out as a Catholic.
1: But you never fully understood... What especially what confirmation entailed? Yeah, because if you left the church, because confirmation, you're basically you're promising to bring up the next your children and yourself and yeah yourself and yeah whoever in your family to follow Christ. Yeah,
0: yeah. But I think that's the distinction though between Christian and Catholic. Is they do have, have an indelible mark on their soul that is setting them apart from, like, Buddhists, for example. Yes,
1: well, that's good, actually. Yeah.
0: But then beyond that, they're off doing their own thing. I think that's, as I understand it, the the so differential.
1: Do they have so God's grace is God's grace. Mm-hmm. Is there such thing as having more of God's grace than others? Or is just any grace equal to any grace?
0: You know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I
1: would think that, I mean, grace is grace from God. Well, there's
0: there's different kinds of grace. Yeah. Like there's like accidental grace. When you lo- you're looking at a sunset and you're like, oh, wow, this is beautiful. God is so good. And you don't even think about it. Like you kind of stumble into it that's oh, yeah. like accidental grace. And f- for us as Catholics, I mean, we say that a sacrament is is a that's how we receive grace, right? Mm-hmm. A visible sign instituted by Christ to give us grace. Yep. Um I honestly don't know enough about Protestant teaching cuz I would say God's grace is infinite right Mm -hmm. so like if you have any amount of God's grace then you have a chance at salvation like
1: but I was just thinking like is Christ's church have like perfect grace compared to fallen away uh, communities wink wink (laughs)
0: I don't think that's
1: quite how it works,
0: but I'm not sure. Um,
1: Yeah, I don't think that's how it would work either, but that's just how my thought process went.
0: I feel, because it's the same grace, right? The same God, same sacrifice, same Mm -hmm. grace. I think it's just harder for those not in communion with the church to receive that grace
1: to receive and yeah to to like take to take the grace like to accept the grace yeah because it's one thing to have the grace in your life and it's another to see it and actually accept God's grace and use it live it out
0: and then it's another thing entirely to ask for more.
1: Mm-hmm. And to give gratitude to what you've been given.
0: Which would be in itself a grace, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> the grace to see grace. To see God's work in your life. Because works matter. Not just faith, but works
0: so then, my next question is Do you have to be baptized to receive grace?
1: I would say n- no. And here's why. Because you can live, say, somebody's never heard of the Catholic Church or anything like that, or Christ- Christianity or anything never heard of Christ, never heard of this one God thing or whatever. They just are pagan or something. Or they don't even believe in anything. Let's say that they're non-religious. They...
0: Grew up in San Francisco?
1: Grew up (laughs) somewhere in the depths of California. And they just lived a life... that They lived a life of being... A, like, great person living with putting others first, not just themselves. But they never knew anything about any religion. They just lived that life out, and then they died. But they, I think they could still have God's graces within their life of doing the good, right things. Because there's a moral standard that is... So you're talking to society through Christianity. You're
0: you're talking about invincible ignorance, right? Like you're ignorant of all morality and truth of God and everything, right?
1: This said person is? Yeah. I wouldn't say they're ignorant. They just have never heard of or had a thought or the knowledge. And
0: it's never been given to them by anyone. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So then that's just... Never had the opportunity.
0: That's just invincible ignorance of the truth. So in that sense then yes they could be saved because
1: it's like a, no one at,
0: no one offered them the gospel no one no one told them you know
1: It's like a miscarriage or something like that Yeah yeah
0: exactly or an abortion for yeah. example <laughs> Um Where the baby
1: just doesn't have the opportunity to live very long and get baptized or anything of that sort so i think yeah god's grace is i mean i think at the moment of conception we probably have grace Mm. whether we not
0: because we have original sin we do have original sin we're not born in a state of in a state of grace Because we do have that invincible ignorance if you didn't... Okay, that's what it is then, yeah. Yeah, but like... That's what I mean when I say But you're not in a state of grace. Yeah,
1: because you have the original sin. You need to be baptized to get rid of that.
0: Yeah. So then at that point, Protestants are baptized, most of them, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So... Hopefully in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy (laughs) Spirit. Right? You would hope. Not just in the name of Jesus Christ. Or in the name of the Father... I mean the the Creator, the Redeemer and RuPaul. Um <laughs> anyway. Um but yeah, if you get see that's that's kinda where I'm thinking like Protestants who are baptized, they're now in a state of grace. But they have to live the rest of their lives like amazingly, right? Mm-hmm. Because they, they don't have most of them don't have other sacraments to help them along the way. I mean, they have prayer. They mm-hmm. have the scripture, or most of it at least.
1: Like C. S. Lewis. Yeah. You have to live with yeah. like that. Yeah. So let's say, let's go back to the grace thing. Mm-hmm. Let's say does it take grace? It might not even directly be towards you. Would let's say I am not Christian i am Buddhist, let's say I'm a Buddhist um I'm Buddhist, you're Catholic. wait, you are oh breaking news title <laughs> of the video <laughs> uh and you're Catholic. does it take God's grace for me to convert? Yes. Because what is that grace from you, like God's grace through you to me, or is that God's grace to me? I'm not baptized Christian, obviously. If
0: am I baptizing you, or am I just converting you, sharing the gospel with you, like
1: just converting for now?
0: Okay, then no. At that like, point, I'm just an, an an instrument, you know, like
1: yeah, but. It, is God's God's grace can still be working through you obviously and then, yeah. but can it be working through me to say yes to you?
0: Mm. I'm going to say that's not oh that's your free will at that point.
1: Okay. Yeah. I can see yeah.
0: And okay. I, I might be totally wrong about that. I might have just committed heresy, but but <laughs> yeah, at least, this, is got, this is a tangled web we weave. Cause we got, I mean, you're a Buddhist now, so what does it matter?
1: <laughs> Wait, but Buddha was Hindu, so I need to convert? I'm just going to keep going back and back and back. Man, 12 hours of work is really hitting both of us like a brick. Hmm. I probably said some things that I should take back. We probably both did. Probably committed some heresies that I take back and will ask forgiveness for. By the way, I I go to confession because I want to know whether my sins were forgiven or retained. Mm -hmm. Because Christ made that really clear to the apostles that he gave them the authority to forgive or retain sins. So... To all of my Protestant brothers and sisters out there, I would like to ask you the question, how do you know your sins are forgiven? I know this took a turn,
0: but... I'm sure they have answers.
1: What, God is all forgiving? He is.
0: Well, I'm sure... Also, I'm sure we have Protestant listeners. We're very popular in Antwerp. In where? Antwerp. Belgium. Ooh. And Frankfurt, Germany. Probably not anymore, because we talked about Hitler for two minutes straight, but, you know.
1: (sighs) (laughs) We're probably going to get
0: banned in Germany.
1: (laughs) Don't worry. We have a painting of Mary with us.
0: And a giant crucifix on the wall. And a tapestry of a sunset in Hawaii.
1: And the grace of the Lord within us.
0: Because God is omnipotent. He's everywhere. Like the chicken man. Only better.
1: Like the cow at Chick-fil-A.
0: Eat more cow.
1: Boom beef.
0: (laughs) This is taking a turn.
1: A turn for Michael. Would you like to end us in prayer? I would be
0: happy to. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together, for our conversation and discussion. We ask you to help us to remember your presence always, and remember your grace, and remember the sacrifice of your Son, to be ever thankful for what you've done for us. We ask you to be with all of our Protestant brothers and sisters, that they might have the grace to find salvation. We ask all this in your precious name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, until next time, Antwerp.
1: This is Spencer.
0: And this is Michael.
1: God bless you all.
0: Peace.